One of life's most challenging and entertaining experiences is teaching your child to drive. I've had to add that very few things raise my blood pressure or increase my tension more than sitting in the passenger seat next to a 15-year-old teenager behind the wheel. While teens generally love to learn to drive, whenever I've taught our kids, I've been far more consumed with worrying about bumping into other cars, insurance claims, and what on earth to say to the police what happened. And what can make the entire experience even worse is when adolescent tendencies not to listen become entangled in the learning experience. I remember one day teaching one of our children to drive when my suggestions and even direct commands were met with stares and a seeming unwillingness to do what I wanted them to do. Well, as I reflect upon this and other experiences, I've become pretty clear that sometimes being a human being means we are unwilling to listen, yield, or relinquish control even when doing so would be beneficial. As people, part of our human nature at times is not liking being told what to do. Gosh, we can be a stubborn lot, or at least I can. And this human characteristic starts right at the beginning of life. Toddlers, they throw tantrums and scream when they don't want to do something. Young children sometimes put their hands on their hips and repeat the word no, 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 no over and over and over. And teens, when not liking being told what to do, often respond with glazed over eyes, self-righteous looks of disdain, followed by walking away. And adults, yes, well, we as adults, when we don't want to comply with a request respond along the vast continuum from a polite no all the way to rioting. And all of what I'm talking about has to do with power and control. And as human beings, we like to have both, and sometimes we are very, very uncomfortable in yielding either to another person or entity. And the whole topic of power and control is something as people of faith, I believe, we need to be attentive to because it dramatically affects our faith journey and relationship with God and other people. When it comes to power and control, it is essential to explore the who, what, when, where, and why. Who has control? What does it mean when I have control or someone else does? Where and why is control an issue in a given situation? When do issues of power and control even come up? Well, the short answer is basically in every situation in life. Power and control dynamics happen all over the place, moment to moment. Take spouses or partners. Power and control issues occur all the time. If I, for example, never yield to my partner or spouse, not only will the relationship be terrible, but I'll end up being domineering, controlling, and might even end up being abusive in various ways. If all I do is yield to a partner or spouse, I begin to lose who I really am day by day. Healthy relationships, as we all know, are based on back and forth and lots of mutual yielding. The same thing, of course, goes for friendships. Friendships. 
Take employers and employees. Yes, while often there are various degrees of a hierarchy in any organization, and that can be very good, if a boss, for example, does not manage power and control properly, not only does the boss become a dictator, but you end up with a very unhappy group of people. Take governments. Dictatorships are all about centralizing power and control behind one or just a few people. On the flip side, take a population of people that are only concerned about individual rights and my liberty and hell with the next person, and you begin to move toward anarchy. Civic responsibility is all about yielding in responsible ways and in multiple directions. Look at our minority populations in the U.S. What we have seen over the last few days is all about deep pain and a sense of powerlessness. And while there is zero excuse for racism, police killings, or violent protests, looting and destroying businesses, issues of power and control, and the pain embedded in all of that is at the core. Look at money and finances. Yes, fiscal discipline and making decisions to control assets is a very good thing, but too much control can be yielded to money and material things when it comes to joy and happiness. Try and control moves and equities and bond markets and you'll go insane. Take golf or tennis and virtually any other sport. Great athletes know there is something as trying too hard, over-controlling physical moves and muscles, or gripping a racket in a club too hard, not yielding to it, resulting in slices, nets, and out-of-bound balls. Power and control to yield or not to yield. These issues are in every aspect of what it means to be a human being. And this is all such important stuff, and it's vital to explore because in some very key ways, the Bible from the beginning to end is a story about people either yielding or not yielding to God. And story after story in the Bible is about the consequences of yielding or not yielding to God, both good and bad. Who is in control? And who has the power is central, is a central question in our walk with Jesus. Are we willing to yield to Jesus and follow the ways of Jesus, even if it means we yield control and power in all areas of personal and national life? Well, today is Pentecost Sunday, hence our red, and Pentecost, as many of you know, means 50. It's been 50 days since Easter. And Pentecost is the day that the Holy Spirit came upon masses of people after Jesus had been resurrected and ascended into heaven. And as I do each Pentecost, I thought just for a few moments it would be helpful perhaps to explore the Holy Spirit with you. Who is the Holy Spirit? And what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, simply put, the Holy Spirit is the presence and power of Jesus Christ. This spirit and power of our Lord is found not only in every place, but in every person. The Holy Spirit is living within you and within me right now, 
And I must add at this very difficult time in our nation that the presence of God is living within every single human being we see on the television. Now the living presence and power of our Lord does lots of things in and through us. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us life. It is the Spirit that gives us the ability to breathe and take breath. We are alive only because of the living life-giving source and power of the Holy Spirit. We are alive right now, each of you watching and me. We are alive at this moment only because of the power of God. The Holy Spirit is what helps us overcome incredible odds. It's what gives us strength we need when we feel overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit gives us direction in life when there are choices to be made. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us and teaches us what and how to pray. It is the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us and helps us when we are hopeless or simply lost and don't know what to do. It is the same Spirit that is our constant companion and helper. And not only is the Holy Spirit the source of our creativity, ingenuity, and every breath we take, but the Spirit is where our gifts and talents come from. Whatever you do well, whatever is a gift in your life, is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is God's power for living. God has a purpose for your life and for mine, a vision for you and for me. God has hopes for what He wants to accomplish in us. He wants amazing things for us. God wants our lives to mean something and to be significant. And it's the power of God, the power for living, that gives us the skill, strengths, and motivation for things to happen. And all of this is true regardless of how old or young we are or what life stage we are in. Jesus in the Gospel of John tells His followers that after He is resurrected that He will not leave them alone, isolated and abandoned. Jesus committed that He would be within each person in the form of the Spirit. And that the role of the Spirit, Jesus said in John's Gospel, is to teach, comfort, lead, strengthen each of us. That is why it's so important to remember that the Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing, but the living presence of God as I have mentioned. The Spirit is often described not only like fire, but like wind. You may not actually see the Spirit, but you can see the effects of the Spirit. And you can tell when the Spirit of God is acting, just like you can see the wind blowing through the leaves of a tree. The Holy Spirit does many things, some of which I've mentioned, but the most important thing to remember, again, is that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the presence and power of Jesus within you and me right now. And I have to wonder in part if Jesus used the image of water flowing in a river, which is so powerful, to describe the Holy Spirit in our reading from John we heard read today to convey such power. Well, a few moments ago, we touched on issues of power and control and the effects of yielding or not yielding control in a variety of settings. I also mentioned that issues of power and control are fundamental in our faith lives. And when it comes to power, if we try and limit God's power, we end up putting limits on what God can do for us, not only as individuals, 
but as a community of faith. In contrast, just look at what happened on the day of Pentecost when the followers of Jesus received the power of the Holy Spirit without trying to put limits on the power of the Holy Spirit. They suddenly spoke in 15 different languages. 3,000 people turned their lives over to God and were baptized. And Peter spoke to crowds with such passion that hearts and minds were changed. And if we think about it, you and I are here today because the followers of Jesus on the day of Pentecost had the courage to accept the power of God and did not try to limit what God could do in their lives. Now, in my own life, there have been moments, times, and passages in which I have resisted yielding to the power of God. You see, sometimes if I am honest with myself, I want God only to do so much. Times in which I don't want God to make me uncomfortable or to stretch me or to make me totally dependent upon Him or to take me into situations that I feel I don't have any control. Have you ever tried to limit what God was trying to do in your life? Have you ever tried to keep control instead of letting God have His way with you? Have you ever felt God was trying to do something in your life or asking you to change in some way or go someplace that scared the heck out of you? Or have you ever been in a church when it was clear that people were trying to hold back, restrain what God was trying to do in that church? We were all created by God, and as I've said before, we're perfectly imperfect, thank God. And it's clear that most, if not all of us, like to maintain control and power, even at times when it comes to God. This doesn't mean we are bad, it means simply that we are human. And I, at least, am not always easygoing when it comes to yielding to God. And there are lots of reasons for this. Sometimes we limit what the power of God is trying to do by holding on to what we have known, or what feels familiar and comfortable. But God is always on the move doing new things because God never seeks to maintain the status quo in our lives. And while history is important, important to remember and learn from, important to celebrate and to cherish, sometimes we hold on to history so much that we limit what God is trying to do in and through us. Then there's safety. Sometimes we limit what the power of God is trying to do by seeking safety and security first instead of faithfulness. Ultimate security and safety is found through Jesus, not through anything else. And when we forget this, we end up seeking measures that make us feel safe and secure that at best are ultimately tenuous and temporary. This is why Jesus so often challenged people to think about what was making them feel safe and secure. It's why faithfulness sometimes demands that we let go of security. And aside from history and safety, sometimes we limit God's power by trusting people and things more than we trust God. And while there are certainly trustworthy people, ultimately is God we can trust the most, even when outward circumstances are tough and hard and painful. The power of God will not let us down. And aside from history, safety, and trust, there is fear. Fear itself can diminish our ability to see the power of God in our lives. Fear can limit what we can do because it causes us to hold on. Fear is like thick glue that slows the movement of what God wants to do in and through us in our lives. And Pentecost is the day we remember and celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit into the lives of the followers of Jesus. And it is His same power that is in you and me, as I have said, continually waiting to be unleashed. 
But more than this, the day of Pentecost is a great time to think about issues of power and control in our lives and where it is we need to yield more to God. God wants us to yield to His power, not only because God wants more for our lives than we ever imagined, but God wants us to yield to His power because of something else. You see, there is one thing that demands yielding more than anything else in our lives, and that is love. When there is no yielding, when there is no relinquishing of control, there is no love. Love requires freedom of choice. And God, every moment, engages in the ultimate yielding by giving us the freedom to live and make any choices we want. Love cannot be forced. It only comes from freedom of choice. So there's something I believe is essential we think and pray about a lot in these trying times. Where are we willing to yield and where are we not? And this is not just about our relationships with other people, but about our relationship with God. And ultimately, to yield or not to yield has everything to do with love, because sometimes in those places we are holding on and unyielding, we're actually inhibiting the power of love because God is love. Power and control, to yield or not to yield, this is really important stuff for each of us to get real clear on. Every dimension and aspect of our life is impacted by our grip or lack thereof of power and control. My friends, this really is a terrible time in our world. This is a very difficult time in our country. This pandemic time, this time of uncertainty, this time when streets in America are torn apart by violence, in part because of the understandable lack of hope and entrenched racism. This time in America in which a few very bad seeds in law enforcement are acting on prejudices and misusing their entrusted power, harming people and causing distrust of all the great people in law enforcement and the vast majority of people in law enforcement are wonderful. This time in America in which some are choosing to violently put their self-interest ahead of the welfare of many. This time in America in which bad seeds are destroying or undermining nonviolent protests. This time in America in which we need unifying leaders in every dimension. This time in which we need nonviolent leaders of change. This time in America in which too many people are out of work, too many are sick and have died. Unbelievably, wearing a mask has become political and the source of physical violence, great division and polarity. This time in America in which um, upended social norms and expectations prevail. It is precisely at this time as followers of Jesus if we take our faith seriously. I believe we are called as people of faith individually and collectively, to explore where we are with issues of power and control. Where are we willing to yield? Where are we willing not to yield? And it is at this time I believe God invites each of us to look at ourselves when it comes to yielding to Jesus 
and the love of God. You see, it's my prayer that each of us, maybe perhaps especially me, will learn to let go of and loosen our grip on a lot of things in this anxious time. And instead, learn to hold on more tightly to God and God's living, loving Holy Spirit within. It is my prayer that each of us at this time will yield and allow Jesus to be our guide in our thoughts and in our actions. It is my prayer that at this time that we will allow Jesus to come into our lives so that love will be what our lives are characterized by in every dimension of our lives. A love that demands yielding. And as I think about our nation and as I think about our world, I believe that the healing balm ultimately will come from the living source of the love of God. It is love that we will heal these times. It is love that will heal the world. It is love that will heal all that is wrong. And so my question to each of us is do we have the courage to yield enough to make room for that to happen? Amen.